Some investigators face the mythos with strength of arms. Others arm themselves with knowledge and arcane rights. There's no right or wrong way to survive, but survival is everything. In this episode of Drawn to the Flame, we're going to be talking about investigators, but not really in the general sense of who's good and who's bad. Instead, we've got a special guest who's joining us to talk about trying out new investigators. But first of all, I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hello, Peter. How are you? I'm great. I'm doing fantastically well. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing very well. I have a cold coming on. The snow is coming down pretty heavily here, but I feel wonderful. So yeah, I'm very excited for this episode. I'm tucked up in bed with a cat and a cup of hot chocolate. So it's going to be a nice cosy episode of Drawn to the Flame. But we're not by ourselves, are we? Uh, No, no, we're not by ourselves, Frank. Today we are joined by... It's me, Benjamin, from Sweden. Hello. Hello, Ben. Hi, Ben. Hi. Jamin. (laughs) I call you Ben. I don't think anyone else does. Uh, No one does that here either, but it's fine. (laughs) You can call me Ben. You can call me Al. It's whatever. (laughs) I'll do that, yeah. Al Al is a good name. Listener... Benjamin is the artist who created our wonderful logo, so you're actually probably a little bit familiar with his work. But he's joining us today because I sometimes play Arkham with him online, which is great, and we talk about Arkham quite a lot behind the scenes, and I thought it would be nice to get him involved and, yeah, to speak to him about certain investigators and things like that. So, Peter, what what's this episode about? How are we going to do this? What we're going to do is talk to Ben about an investigator he hadn't played before and try and get a feel for what he was expecting when he played them and uh, what his expectations were and you know how it ended up actually playing when he, when he sat down to play with this particular investigator. Maybe this will shed some light on for people who haven't tried different investigators, encourage them to try some, some new ones. Yeah, yeah. I always operate under the assumption that everyone has played with every investigator all the time and every so often I'm really surprised when someone says something like oh my significant other only likes to play as Rex for instance and I go oh wait you mean they've not tried as many investigators as they can and I think that's the case for lots of people that they have a a play group that maybe meets once a month so they're only playing through one campaign at a time and they're not you know, diving into lots of different investigators. And as new investigators come out, that means you miss out trying out other investigators and things like that. And Benjamin, I think it's right in saying that you are you fall into that category broadly. Yeah, definitely. So I only have, uh, well, it's just now recently that I started a second group. Otherwise, I've just had the one guy that I've played with and uh, playing lots with you then. Uh, so yeah. I haven't had time to play all the different investigators, even though I've really wanted to. Just not enough time, I guess. One of the things we've talked about in the past, Frank, is that the different investigators, even in the same faction, tend to feel quite different. So yeah. rather than Order the Guardians playing like a generic Guardian, Zoe can play quite differently from Roland. So if you don't try all those individual investigators, even if you've played the class quite a bit, you know, you you may be missing out on some stuff. Yeah, so hopefully in this series, if we make a series of them, you'll get 
a chance to, if you've not played this investigator before, hear Benjamin's experience with them and hear about why you might want to try them out. So let's waste no further time for this inaugural episode of this series, title still to come. Ben, who did you choose to try out that you hadn't tried before? So this time it's going to be Wendy Adams, the orphan, right? The urchin. The urchin, yeah. Also an orphan. Yeah. Is she uh, traded as an orphan in any of the, of the other games, or is it always the urchin? Off the top of my head, I'd say urchin, but it's I could be, be wrong. They shouldn't really switch it out, I guess. But it's definite that she's an orphan, with cards like Cherish Keepsake making it clear that she's grown up in a, an orphanage and things like that. Yeah. So I remember you were quite surprised when I told you I hadn't played her. Yeah, I'm a huge Wendy fan and I've played lots of Wendy and she's a great solo investigator. So I think I sort of gravitated to her through that. So that was my experience with her as a starting point. And I think I was also surprised because, yeah, I think she's generally considered quite a powerful investigator. So there's that assumption that people would have played uh, the powerful investigators. But I can see how she might slip through the net as well. So what what attracted you to trying out her? And more broadly, what were you expecting from what you knew about Wendy? Well, I do like my uh, tricksy investigators. I like the ones that have got a certain something that if you look at Rex or Zoe or a lot of the other investigators, they've got like a special ability, but it doesn't really set them apart that much. Uh, you want something that completely affects how you play the character or the investigator. Uh, so, for instance, Sephina is a, you know, her ability sets her apart completely. Yeah. Wendy is a little bit the same thing. All of a sudden, tests come, become something completely different than they have been for pretty much everyone else. So... It affects how you play the entire time because all of a sudden you're you're chucking cards left and right, which is also something that was a bit terrifying when I was going to start playing her uh, because I've always been one of those people that I kind of hold on to my cards because yeah. you want them to set up or you want the right moment to commit something or just don't want to throw them away for nothing. Uh, and I think just because I um, my recent playthrough was with Min, that really helped because I was chucking cards all the time. And if I hadn't played her, I think I wouldn't use Wendy's ability as much. So Benny said something interesting about Rex and De- uh, Rex and Zoe. Yeah, they they're very direct, aren't they? They they haven't they have an obvious path that you you build them down. Like you say, they have a special ability. So Zoe very easily lends herself towards fighting monsters. So with access to weapons and that kind of stuff and that the relatively high combat score. Rex, by the same token, he's definitely wants a, a clue finding build. Like you say though, Wendy's interesting and I think maybe she's a bit more um intimidating to come out totally fresh, especially with the card pool where it is now. What what do you do with her? Yeah. And, and on that point, I should just leap in and say, listener, we're assuming that you 
know Wendy's uh, statistics, ability, <laughs> deck building rules and her signature items. We've even got a Wendy episode that you can listen to if you want to to hear me and Peter talking about Wendy in detail. So we're not going to go into that. We're not doing that sort of basic thing, but we are then interested in what it can be like looking at that from the outside. Ben, one of the things that really struck me when you were talking about that was that you were clearly aware of the potency of her reaction ability and throwing cards away to redraw chaos tokens. And some people I've seen online have played as Wendy and never used that ability at all. Did that factor in to how you approached deck building for her and things like that? It certainly did. I think uh, that's why I kind of went with... uh... I started going down the road of taking uh, True Survivor later, which gets you three uh, innate cards back. Because yeah. then I thought, this is another three cards that I could use to power her special ability again. And I can use them com- to commit to tests or whatnot. So I kind of thought that was going to play into how I wanted to play her. And I've really tried to lean into that thing. And I even when we played, I kept a tally on how many times I used the ability. And in the first scenario, I think it was six or seven times. And you could argue that, you know, if you use the ability six or seven times in a scenario, you're not really playing it right because you're failing all these tests. But that just meant I didn't commit any cards when... I took those tests because I figured why commit like a single pip or two pip card to this test because if I don't make it I probably will by chucking the card so I may as well see if I can keep the card instead. Yeah and did how did it feel looking at your hand of cards and for every card having this extra way of evaluating it which was this could also be a a token redraw. Well it, it felt very powerful i guess you would say because all of a sudden all the cards have like this one backup thing that can always help me out so for instance a typically quite bad card in survivor barricade would all of a sudden be something else when you don't need the barricade which is nice for sure all the all the bad cards are are kind of good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you sitting opposite someone playing as Wendy, when you hear them pause because they're deciding whether or not they commit cards to a test, that pause can sometimes be a longer pause because they're also deciding, well, I could commit this manual dexterity and be four up on this test, or I could keep it back and be two up, but get a redraw if I then just chuck the card. And which is better to do? Should I go for four up and then I don't want to you know uh, yeah i i really enjoy watching the player have this extra layer that they're trying to to work through it's almost you you almost want the cards to be a little bit bad that you don't want to play them like oh i already have a fire axe out so it's no problem chucking this other one yeah yeah oh you were chucking flashlights as well that was the other thing that that came up once yeah, you realized that time. you're, you're <laughs> partner investigator was doing all of the clues for you suddenly they just become redraw cards yeah it was nice it was nice to have that backup same thing with uh, fight or flight yeah 
It, it's interesting because Arkham already gives us an, another use for cards that we don't need. So a lot of the cards have icons on them, which allow, them, allow us to commit them to tests. But Wendy takes that to another level. Not only can she commit cards to tests, but also she can just, you know, totally retake a test, which is a really potent ability. So it, it gives you another angle to examine every single card you've got in your in your hand at any particular time. Yeah, yeah. I, I suspect it's because it's this extra angle that it can be... It's sometimes too much to, to think about extra when you could just be busy thinking about, well, do I want to commit this card for its icons or not? Or am I going to play this card down the line? You've already got this third question then, which can be kind of confusing. Yeah, un- unless you do what I did and kind of decide that the third question is the only one you need to ask all the time. <laughs> and keep a tally of, yeah. Yeah. It's worked out pretty well, though. We're doing all right. Yeah, we're, do- we're doing pretty well. Which scenarios did you play? Uh, so we started the Path to Carcosa campaign and we've done uh, Unspeakable Oath was the last one, right? Echoes of the Past, but that was close, yeah. Oh. <laughs> we didn't do Oath, right? We had that mega Echoes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other playthrough did Unspeakable Oath. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we've done the first three. Yeah. And uh, what kind of build did you end up going with with your Wendy deck? So I'm leaning a lot into uh, uh, evading, which is also weird because I haven't played a, an investigator that does that. I've played mystics and seekers most of the time or like a combat heavy rogue. And I haven't really seen the the use for uh, evasion that much or I haven't seen the how you could use it uh, for like your group it's okay to do it every once in a while but sooner or later you want to deal with that enemy but to base your entire play style on evasion was both fascinating and a little bit scary because i thought i'd just be running around leaving monsters for for norman to deal with later but it's turned out to be quite powerful uh, I have to say. If this was a video, we would now jump cut after that question of I didn't see the point of evasion to the point where Benjamin's Wendy had two pickpocketing level twos down and was refusing to kill <laughs> enemies because he was getting <laughs> cards and resources off, off them like, repeatedly and was like, well, what's the point in killing enemies when they're giving me so much? Uh, so yeah, that that to me was the point of evasion when this this incredible engine was in place and yeah Wendy was nigh on unstoppable so so considering the the factions you previously previously played then Ben it it, it's a total departure going to Wendy who's got the rogue and survivor card pools so the only uh, survivor class that I played was Ash Campete uh, and it it was fine but I really didn't have the card pool for it. I think it was even before I got my second core. So there wasn't a whole lot of deck building going on. I liked playing with uh, with Ashcan, but you know what? I, I couldn't really do that much with him. But then I played Yorick uh, when uh, Carcosa came out. And I really liked the, the survivor card pool. I think the more I play 
with red cards the more I like them. So I was I was dead set on Seeker and Mystic in the beginning, but the more I play, the more I lean into the red cards. So it was a lot of fun because spoiler alert, William died mid Carcosa, so I didn't oh, no. <laughs> get to finish the campaign. So I'm uh, I'm really happy to be back uh, playing a survivor investigator. Has there been any any of the the red or green cards you particularly look forward to trying out, uh, bearing in mind that you haven't used them so much before? Um, well, not really. Uh, I was looking forward <laughs> to trying out cards like Not Without a Fight, or uh, there's another one with oh yeah. Like the the ones with three pips felt fascinating yeah. because it's just the one pip, but then you can use them in all these different situations because I didn't think it was good enough, but I was still intrigued by playing a, a versatile card like that, that you can, it does a little bit of good in all of these different situations instead of it's like, I'm waiting for this one moment that I'm going to, use this card on and it's going to be so sweet but then most of the time you're kind of just sitting there waiting for that moment and it doesn't really come along and i think that's kind of what they're going with with the survivors they got all these cards that they're a little bit good and they work in a lot of different situations but then you kind of have to focus on taking those type of cards since they do have like the the barricade and the snare trap and whatnot that are super situational as well. Would be nice to try a bit like that as well, though, but not this Hang on. Time, when no. you say barricade, do you mean hiding place? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sports. Yeah, yeah, because barricade <laughs> is seeker, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, so cut into hiding spot. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> hiding spot, yeah. Nice, nice. The, the other three icon card that I've really enjoyed seeing you play is watch this and you've not been playing the impression I had was that we both had that dream of the kind of double or nothing watch this make thousands of resources but actually Wendy wants to float along at about two to five resources at any given time so that she can get extra damage with her fire axe and so watch this just becomes another emergency cache and one that you throw into an agility test say because you know you're going to pass that. Yeah, exactly. But there's also been uh, a few times when to get like a very particular play in place with Fire Axe, it's like, okay, we have this one enemy and you kind of have to sit and do the math for a little while to be able to come up with the exact play that you have to do because you have these three actions and the enemy has a certain amount of health. And you can only get in so many attacks, but you need to do all this damage. But you're sitting there with like four resources. How are you going to do it? And I kind of botched it up last time when we played, but there was a moment like that. And it was still nice, even though I didn't get to do the exact thing that I was planning on doing. But just to see that you have that possibility with Watch This was a lot of fun anyway. Yeah, yeah. The, the the flow of your resources feels very different, I think, than the kind of classic guardian 
you're just getting your resource every turn and nothing else is really happening there's a there's sort of peaks and troughs in a very unusual way yeah and you're really getting that gamble aspect from rogue that there's a lot of different gamble cards that feels a little bit like a gamble but here you're literally putting your money in or whatever the resources are supposed to represent in that situation but you're gambling your resources to see if you're able to get it back and i i think they they got to a nice spot there with that card i think so too so, so one of the ones that's uh that i'm always jealous of because I, I i don't often play rogue uh rogue investigators one of the ones i'm always jealous of is adaptable yeah uh i really like adaptable as well uh but so far i haven't really gotten to use it i've just gotten like pickpocketing and uh, and other stuff that i didn't have before so i've just been able to take out those cards instead and the ones that i have thought about it's like should i take this card instead of this one i've ended up giving it one more scenario to see if i like that card and it turned out i didn't want to switch it out anyway i'm looking at you cheap shot (laughs) <laughs> yeah you did some cheap shot killing yeah yeah i think it's particularly with investigation in carcosa going into echoes of the past you want to keep your investigative tools around so then if they weren't pulling their weight you kind of hang on to them so that that sort of explains that but i think also because wendy plays with what seems like a fairly toolboxy style with events just because an event hasn't pulled its weight perfectly in Curtain Call doesn't mean it won't in Last King or in Echoes of the Past. So it's sort of, yeah, there can be a time when you think, well, I will just give this another shot or, or something like that. Did you come across the weaknesses or the the signature asset when you were playing? Uh, yeah, the first episode or the first scenario that we played got her signature asset, the amulet. But I got so excited that I got it, so I didn't. I played it straight away, even though I didn't have. It was on any... turn two or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was completely ridiculous. And then I was like, "Oh wait, I haven't got any events in my discard pile." Uh, <laughs> so it just sat there, <laughs> couldn't do anything with it. Yeah, and well, the interesting thing was that then you were playing events that were going to the bottom of your deck, and you must have played four or five probably that went to the bottom of your deck yeah so it was a really i mean for the purpose of this series it was really interesting example of where experience around the amulet would you have held on longer waited till there were more events in your discard pile maybe but in this instance it didn't didn't necessarily hinder what you were doing i would say and was a really great example for you sort of from the off of this is what it feels like to have the amulet in play Plus, of course, you can always throw something to Wendy's ability uh, yeah, and then play exactly. it straight from the discard as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I thought it was kind of funny as well. And just like you were saying, it's a excellent example of what you might do when you're not used to playing the investigator. And I probably won't make that mistake again now. Like last time I held on to the amulet the entire scenario because I never thought... I actually needed to put it down because I had lots of events in my hand anyway. So it didn't make a difference. And I was 
at some point considering chucking it to get to wild icons or taking another go at a test. But I'm looking forward to playing it because it feels like it's a, it's a thing I haven't really experienced with Wendy yet that could really change the way that you play. So I'm, I'm looking forward to having it down on the table with you know, a discard pile with at least four or five events that I can play again and do something exciting with. Peter, you'll like this. In Echoes of the Past, Benjamin played both sneak attack level twos and both waylays and then ran into Abandoned and Alone before. He oh got no! <laughs> That's yeah, sad. It's, yeah, it's yeah the, how, how the was that, time. Benjamin? <laughs> yeah, it kind of sucked, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, since those were the cards that I really wanted to play again, uh, and I hadn't really gotten, or I hadn't gotten Abandoned and Alone before, so I hadn't seen the damage that it can do, and it was really the worst time to get it. I really enjoyed that kind of gameplay when the game punishes you. I think that's why I've always liked the the Arkham Files games, because it feels kind of hopeless uh, and... Uh, I do enjoy that bit. That's why I, I was kind of excited when uh, when William uh, had to stay back. <laughs> I, I like the weakness because it it almost the tension continues to build up because you know it's in your deck somewhere, and you you go you play events that go into your discard pile and you keep thinking to yourself, oh, "I'll get the army then. This will be really good," but you're slowly working your way towards the time when you do draw abandoned and alone. And it's like this this realisation is sneaking up on Wendy and you're going to hit it sooner or later. So you desperately, you become less keen to draw the further through your deck you get. You get. Yeah, and how much do you want to push your luck, right? That's, that's the other thing. We'd gone into yeah. that scenario and it felt like we were really going for it and using powerful effects, or certainly Wendy was, because it was like, and then the amulet will go down and we'll use them all again. So it it was a real sucker punch for our sort of our overall strategy of how we were going to handle the scenario. Yeah, especially since I had both pickpocketing out as well. I was drawing cards like crazy, so I was going through the deck, and then you're in this spot where you're you're comfortable with that. You're sooner or later going to take a horror, and you get all those cards back. But if you've played or had to play abandoned and alone you won't get those cards back. So you're, the regular way that you think about your discard pile and the size of your deck and everything, it's not really there anymore. And that's another element of how Wendy is quite different from other investigators. It's not just a, the standard way of playing. That's a lot of fun, I have to say. Even though that one is just purely negative. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a nice observation that she's on a she's on a different clock than any other investigator, just because of how her weakness interacts with her discard pile. Yeah, and theoretically, you could have played almost all your cards that you're going to play, and then you're you've got a huge discard pile, and within like your five last cards, you have abandoned and alone. But you still got quite a long way left on the scenario. So you could be theoretically having to reshuffle your deck 
four or five times. I don't know if yeah. anybody's actually done that, but it would be interesting to see. If you had liquid courage, you could be drinking between reshuffles to like top up your horror and top up the repeated abandoned alone hits. I mean, they'll reach a point where you're just drawing abandoned alone every turn, aren't you? Yeah. At which point you're you're, and at which point your deck is abandoned and alone, which is kind of fitting. So yeah, you're just you're just in a dreadful place then, a horrible place. That's the time you resign instead of sticking it to the end. <laughs> yeah. You take it out of here. Yeah, I haven't got it in the deck, I'm afraid. <laughs> That's what you need adaptable for. Just put it in for the scenario where it's useful. Yeah. Are there any other cards that you really wanted to include in this deck that you, you didn't get a chance to include? What what sort of avenues did you feel were out there to, to explore that you haven't had a chance to explore with this first play? Uh, do you mean the the first scenario before I upgraded? Or do you uh, mean just in with the deck in general in the with the deck in general so when you sat down and looked at the card pool available to wendy there were probably at least a few cards that you wished you could include but couldn't yeah no i uh, i don't think i thought about that uh, that much to be honest especially since it's so focused on uh, on evading and just passing tests there's not really that much I would want to have extra because most of the cards are already in Rogue and Survivor anyway. I think anyway. It's not going to be like with the Norman for you and for instance all the Seeker cards that you couldn't put in. True. True. That's a, a particular kind of pain playing an orange investigator who can't take the orange cards. But yeah. Yeah. Why be orange? Well, exactly. If you can't play yeah. the, the orange cards. Yeah, yeah. No, I I meant more within the pool because you're not running, say, I'm out of here. And I don't think you're running Look What I Found anymore as well because you're not really investigating. And I just wonder if there are other cards like Backstab or the Succeed by Two cards or, you know, if things like that that you sort of thought, oh, that could be interesting. Well, I am playing a, a Jenny deck well, she took over for uh, William Yorick when he moved on to different things. Uh, <laughs> and I focused a lot on the whole succeed by two angle. So I'm not, I haven't got like a thirst for trying that out. Uh, and I guess there's cards like try and try again. And if I wanted to try yeah. and get Scrapper in there or cards like that but i've never been a big fan of the whole pay to succeed tests so not really to be honest uh, there's uh, yeah it's pretty much backstab is the only one i've actually missed but yeah it's more because situations have come up where it would have been nice to have it in there rather sure. than sure. when i was sitting down to put the deck together i'm getting up to 30 and i still have eight cards that i want in the deck so it was fairly simple to put it together once you had a clear vision of what you wanted it to do anyway yeah 
I think your experience with Yorick and other survivors who want to discard cards probably stood you in very good stead for being pretty open-minded about how Wendy operates. Because if you're not comfortable throwing away cards, you'll a player will find it very hard to want to start leaning into that ability. Yeah, definitely. And then you're missing out on the best part. Otherwise, she's just running around dodging enemies. And that's about it. <laughs> Which isn't all too bad, but there's other <laughs> investigators who can't do nothing, like Jim or Skids. So <laughs> at least she's doing the one thing good. Flame, just chucking a little bomb out there for the Jim and Skids fans. Yeah. Well, I often find that Guy and Agrip who's playing Yorick is is begging begging us to be able to add icons to our tests. So he's got some icons in the bin. He's the, did, did, are you sure you don't want uh, a willpower icon to this test? I mean, I can just give it to you. Just no, that's fine. <laughs> I've got this. No, no, but I want to commit this card. Yeah. Don't give me any icons. Don't yeah. Nice. So, Ben, the last question, really, we asked you briefly at the start what you were kind of what you're expecting with Wendy. Now you've had a chance to play with her for a, for a couple of games. What's your what's your how does your experience differ from what you're expecting from her? Yeah, it's like you said, we we touched on that. And I think the, the biggest thing is that evasion could be not only good, but fun. And it's a completely different experience from what I've played so far. I've always had to deal with the problem in a more direct way, and this isn't really solving it, it's more leaving it. But you also have that part where all of a sudden you can stay in the same spot and just keep evading the enemy if you have the time, which is also a lot of fun. Like Frank said, with I'm standing there with two pickpocketing. I may as well just hang out and get loads of cards and resources to deal with the problems later. And I think I didn't I didn't really see how often I would use her signature ability. I thought it was going to be like, oh, it's one of those things that you do every once in a while in a pinch. But I'm using it all the time. Just... It's a completely different way of playing. It's sort of like playing another game. It's uh, It feels a bit like if they would have made the game a different way. It was something that got left on the cutting board when they were playtesting or something like that. And they thought about, oh wait, we could put this into one of the investigators instead. Because the, the other system that they have, they thought that was better. But why not just keep it around for a while so you... It kind of feels like playing a beta version of the game, only that it's balanced <laughs> yeah. and good. Yeah, which makes it a lot of fun to to play Wendy. I'm I'm looking forward to playing the rest of the campaign. I'm just I'm kind of bummed because I've all almost upgraded everything that I want for her, so I'm not really sure what I'm gonna get from here on out. Because I'm fine with pickpocketing and upgraded sneak attack i'm pretty set with that not that i'm not enjoying you know upgraded lucky and peter sylvester but still there's she's so good right from the start which is fun but that's i think it's one of the 
the sad things that you're not, you know, looking forward to that lightning gun or whatever it is you're going to get down the line because you're already set, which is both nice, but also a bit sad. It's one of the big challenges in the game is making sure that survivors that don't have massive bomb cards, apart from Will to Survive and now True Survivor, somehow can keep up with the harder scenarios and also they're already quite powerful from the from the get-go. I just wanted to go back to what you said about that it feels like you're playing a different game being able to discard cards to redraw because I remember I think it was the second time you'd redrawn on a test. It was in Curtain Call and you said to me, hang on a second, she can do this for every skill test. And you had to go and just check the limit again of how often she could do it. And I think that was a moment of your, of like the scales coming off your eyes and realising the scope of how powerful she can be, that you could potentially take a test in Mythos phase and then three in your investigation phase. And you can redraw all of them if you can draw enough cards to do that. Yeah. Survivor definitely has that that feeling of you start off with a lot more of your toys uh, and you don't end up upgrading them as much as you would do in another class. Are, are you keen to try the Exile cards? Thinking about putting Exile cards in, but I think I'm not really there yet that I feel comfortable with that kind of gameplay and I think maybe that's not really what Wendy is about either. I think that's uh, something for a completely different build or even a different investigator but I have been looking forward to get like an exile build but yeah. I'm just not there yet. That's maybe a, an alternative build or maybe that's what you spend later xp on you know stroke of luck and test of will that you're actually not looking for the big purchase you just fill your deck with maybe four or five cards that are going to save you in a pinch if if your redraw ability has somehow let you down something like that yeah and since uh, we have this the third question that we were talking about earlier uh, that you can always commit those cards to retaking the test you don't have to, you know, think about, oh, is this one of those situations where I exile the card? Because yeah. they're always going to be there for you to use with uh, with Wendy's ability. So it's a lot easier having them in your hand without going like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, need to use this uh, flare or whatever you got. How does that tally with your thoughts about Exile, Peter? That's Do you think a, there's a place for it in Wendy? That's a very good question, Frank. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I, well, uh, my experience with Exile would be I, I wasn't mad keen on them because it feels like such a... It's throwing away that one experience when it's potentially a lot of work to get it. It doesn't feel good. But actually, when I tried it, I had some spare experience in a min deck and I put some Test of Will in. I, I've mentioned this. I think I mentioned this on the last episode. Actually, it feels really good. And it feels like a really, it feels like it's worth that experience because you get that free level zero swap built into it as well. Yeah. And actually, yeah. you've only got up to seven scenarios to spend the experience you've earned, and you need to spend it on something. And there's not much else to spend it on in Survivor. 
So yeah, I, I, I'm glad I experimented with them. They actually feel they feel potent when you play them, but also I think they're they're definitely worth the experience. Cool. That's hardly life shattering information, but I like them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's good. It's good to have you champion them. Yeah, I think it's just one of those. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but it feels like one of those uh, type of cards that it can be a bit intimidating. It's like I'm still not looking at, in Lola's direction just because I just can't be bothered with the deck building for her. And I think it's kind of the same thing with. Uh, with those kind of cards as well it's a bit like next level i think i think i think they're definitely exile asks you to think about your experience in a different way and that is a step change where you go okay so i'm getting four xp from this scenario but only two of that is going to something that i'm going to keep and then the other two is going to go to these two you know uh devil's luck or something like that which feels impermanent but might not get used and it, yeah it's hard to, it's hard to weigh up it, it feels like maybe you're squandering your xp but actually maybe you're using it in a very powerful way it's hard to judge i think it might be the same thing as with uh, throwing cards to retake tests as well it's just something that you have to get used to so yeah. after you've done it you're going to be fine it's like oh it's just another way of paying for this card is spending xp instead of a lot of resources but then it's going to be the second thing that you have to think about and not waiting for that exact moment when it's going to be perfect to play that card you're going to have to maybe be a bit more loose with when you're going to play them because otherwise you're just going to be sitting with them in your hand yeah yeah it definitely reflects my experience that and I, I think I've said on the cast before, my stroke of luck experience was committing it to tests I had to pass and then always passing the tests without needing to exile it and going, okay, fine. I just got a plus one that I didn't need. Thanks. You know, it sort of just, it seemed to conjure up luck anyway without the exile. So yeah, I'd built them up to be, this is the, this is the fight or flight must succeed moment of this scenario. And then it was fine. <laughs> so yeah. Nice humble brag there, Frank. Just just nailed it. Just <laughs> banished Yogg-Sothoth or whatever it was. You know, it was fine. Okay, well, I think we've gone on for long enough here. And I think this was a really useful way of hearing someone else's perspective on an investigator. And hopefully for you, listener, there might be loads of things that you have thought about for Wendy but haven't tried and this might be a cue to try them out or there might be loads of things that you think we've missed in this episode in which case you could get in touch with us we're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com we're drawn to the flame on Facebook and we're also drawn to the flame on Twitter Peter how can people get in touch with you uh, I am united everywhere so that's U-N-I-T-L-E-D and I'll be on uh, Discord Twitter and the subreddit doing the card of the day thread how about you Frank uh, I'm on Twitter as FB, that's E-P-H underscore B-E-E. How about you, Benjamin? Well, the easiest way to get a hold of me would be to just hit me up on uh, Mythos Busters Discord. I'm SF Rembrandt. I usually just ghost the entire place and sneak around, but <laughs> if you want to talk like to Wendy, me... Like Wendy, like Wendy. Exactly. Asian. Yeah, nice. 
Or you can check uh, check me out on uh, Instagram as well, SFRemRat. I don't post as much as I used to, but I still try to get a picture in every week when we play anyway. Yeah, Arkham-related Instagram, which is a rare thing, I think, and worth checking out. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I just remembered. Uh, I don't think it's going to make a difference, but I have epilepsy. So uh, if I were if I were to get a seizure mid recording, I'd tell you wow. guys like I'm gonna have a seizure now. Uh, but I haven't had one in five years, so I'm not. I don't think I will. But better safe than sorry. Should we do anything while you're having a seizure? Uh, pray. No, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> no. Keep, okay. keep recording or <laughs> call nine one one. Yeah. My friend in Sweden, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite know how that works. Okay, well, we've got our blooper now, so that's... Oh, yeah. <laughs>